You're listening to Very Loose Women. So I'm in the Hope and Anchor pub up in Highbury Islington, and I'm with Jen Hart, who is going to do a gig tonight. So. Yeah. Um, Jen is a poet. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're here today? So uh, I'm doing um, uh, a gig with uh, Loud Women at the Hope Hanger today. Um, I'm doing a London launch of my new book, Better Watch Your Mouth, which is uh, a little pamphlet of 15 poems. We've actually had Loud Women on the show before, I feel like. I should should mention this. (laughs) First of all, you're talking about the different reasons why you write, and so I'd be really curious to know, for this particular collection... What made you say, this is the one that you're going to put in a book and these are the ones, this is what you want to write about and this is what you want to show to everyone? It's kind of a bit of a mismatch uh, collection of poems that I've had for some years now that have kind of stood the test of time and I, I still do them live um, or ones that have sentimental value to me. And then some of the new ones are more about female relationships, um, being a woman in a punk scene and like mental health and drug addiction so I guess the the motivation for me to put this collection together really was to kind of put everything that I've done so far in a book and kind of set myself up my kind of identity together and and put it put it down in a book and I think a lot of the things that I write about a lot of other women have uh, struggled with or or take something from when I do it at a gig so the collection is kind of for me but it's also for all of my female friends. (laughs) So there's kind of, you're kind of straddling here, like, your performance, and then I guess that's any performance poet, but then you also have a written piece there. Yeah. And so you were saying when people relate to what you're writing about or saying, do you find that people come to you after the gigs and you have that conversation, or if it's, like, written, say, on the internet or in book form, people have contacted you, what are those sort of conversations that have come out of it? Yeah, so um, I have a poem that is not actually in the book, but I have a poem called Let Loose Lucy, um, which is uh, online on YouTube and uh, Bandcamp and things like that, and it's a a poem about my experiences of growing up in a male-dominated punk scene, um, where women don't really have a space and we have to constantly fight for that space. Lucy is 16, sick of school politics dictated by pretty appearances. She wants to be different, likes listening to heavy, far songs about being young and reckless. Um, and I wrote it a few years ago and debuted it kind of at a house show that we were putting on. Um, and, and all the women there came up to me afterwards and they were like, that's me, that's my experience too. Um, so it's just become, that's become my kind of signature piece that I do at punk shows. I did it recently at a gig in Bristol in the middle of a Petrograd set. Um, Who we've also had on the show, yeah. I should mention. <laughs> and it was amazing and it went down really well and every time I do it, it reaches a, a little bit more people and, and for women it's like something that they can relate to and be like, I'm not alone in that feeling. And for men it's like a bit of education about actually that this scene is not, this is not a perfect scene, it's still very male dominated. Um, most like bands like I'm sure you've seen like festival lineups and stuff they're still so male dominated all yeah. headliner bands are like all men or whatever so it's just kind of about taking a little bit back from the DIY punk scene and being like I'm going to make this space and, mm. and make it accessible for, for young women coming in and um, and not feeling like they're totally alone because I've had the experience and I'm nearly 30 <laughs> Lucy still goes to shows but stands to the side isn't introduced because she's nobody's prize, sick of being asked which member of the band she's with. 
Stop small talk with merch guys who don't have time for groupies. Lucy is sick of being excluded from a scene that's assumed to be inclusive. Tired of fighting for her rights, unheeded by those who think letting women in is an act of kindness. She is about to give up, to stay no better than an instrument, when in that corner that she has been confined to, finds the sorts who dance without harassment, who play music free from patronising judgement, and all of them still fighting against the barrage of segregation. They say, let loose Lucy, give them hell. Because punk rock is not about giving up or giving in. So f*** the manichists and their female phobic shit. Be cool for once in your lives and stand aside. The time has arrived for all women to the front. That was a recording from Jen Hart's Bandcamp. It was extracts from the beginning and end of Let Loose Lucy. You can hear the full poem on uh, Jen Hart's Bandcamp. I think like with uh, mass production and mass media and things like that um, people have this assumption that punk and anarchism are mutually exclusive and that's not the case um, there's a lot of punks um, that are apolitical they don't pick sides they don't like anything they're kind of disenfranchised with with anything um, and there is a very kind of big like men's club issue especially with older punks um, they tend to be quite stuck in their ways and their politics I suppose that's the same with kind of any scene really but because punk is you know supposed to be very politically charged you'd expect better mm. so there's a line in let loose lucy that's you know um lucy is sick of being excluded from a scene that's assumed to be inclusive because you know i originally went to the punk scene because i didn't fit in anywhere else and i wanted somewhere to belong and still got a fight for my space there and i'm a white able-bodied woman so if i'm struggling to be heard then how how, how are we going to help anyone else so it's it's kind of difficult. There's lots of different fractions of punk these days. So there's like DIY punk, which is um, tends to be a lot more um, queer focused, um, led by people of colour. Especially in London, there's a great DIY punk scene. Um, but for the for the wider scene, it, I don't know. Like I think like there's a lot of male promoters still. Like there's not a lot of female promoters out there. Um, so you have like things like Lady DIY Fest um, and Loud Women and things like that. But still men monopolize promotion and and venue spaces and sound engineering and all of those kind of roles um so i think those those areas need to be opened up in order for it to be a more equal footing for everyone are your knees okay i should say that no, we I'm are fine. like under some stairs people keep walking by because we're like <laughs> in the pub i'm just checking everyone's comfortable yeah i'm good <laughs> lady diy fest you actually had a role in that am i yeah. right so yeah. yeah so we uh and like a bunch of other girls kind of got together in Bristol um, and this was only like a year or something after I moved there but I, I, I didn't get into Riot Girl until I was about 24, 25. 
what's what's t- the difference between Riot Girl and punk? Is there? No, well, is the Riot Girl is another kind of fraction that came out of the punk scene right. in the early '90s, um, led by like Bikini Kill, um, Heavens to Betsy, bands like that. Um, so Kathleen Hanna is like, you know, she's the pioneer of Riot Girl, um, and it Riot Girl was like a feminist punk movement. Um, mainly in America, but it kind of happened over here a little bit. It, it was about taking back the space, making wash bits safe, making gig space, making it accessible for everyone, and making sure there was women on stage performing as well. Um, so Lady IY Fest uh, started originally in America. Um, it was set up by uh, one of the founders of kind of the Riot Girl movement, um, and they have Lady IY Fests all over the world. Um, so they have them in Australia, they have them in Portugal, Spain, France, uh, Belgium, Ireland, Scotland um, and the UK. Mm-hmm. So there's been a couple in London before. Um, there was one in Bristol years ago, um, but then we decided that there wasn't enough uh, female bands going through Bristol and we wanted to do something about it. So we set up kind of Lady IY Fest as a kind of counter to, to other gigs to be like, look at all of these female bands touring at the moment make space for them basically and also we kind of set it up as like a a general feminist festival that kind of had that like DIY more anarcho edge to it that was more about community and grassroots building and in terms of people attending it did did you find that that message put off certain people I mean if it did then rightfully so but like um, did you find that it, it was challenging to promote it I guess is what the question is um not really I think like there was a, like we had a great response to it. A lot of people came. We had a lot of support from a lot of different people. Um, there was a, a bit of confusion because all of all of the meetings and everything were only for um, self-identifying women and oppressed genders. So men weren't invited to organise, but they were invited to come and join in the events. Um, but they were excluded from some certain workshops and things. Um, so there was a bit of confusion about the fact that people thought men weren't allowed to come, which. Mm isn't the case it was sort of you know this is a chance for women to show that they can organize themselves and put on an amazing gig and I think it went down really well and since then we've done another festival Um, we did the anarchist book fair after party um, which was like a really big success and I'm not involved in Lady IY Fest anymore but they're still doing some really great things and I really like them. <laughs> and in terms of the, the poems that you've written about, you said you write a lot about female relationships. So which female relationships have been important to you and, and why do you think it's important to sort of share, share your experience of them? There's a couple in the book. I've got one that's kind of um, about my friend at uni and about how we used to get drunk in her, uh, in her kitchen and drink obscene amounts of wine. Um, and you know right all the wrongs in the world and we were like we're the best feminists ever and then kind of moving out of that that uni bubble and moving to Bristol and realizing that actually feminism was much more than the two of us um, and what we much more than we thought it was um, in terms of intersectionality and things like that so there's a poem in there that kind of uh, kind of addresses that of like you know young feminists getting into feminism now are so excited that they have some way to express themselves but also it's about recognising the, the limitations of your own identity and, and how feminism is for everybody um, and then there's another one another drinking one about yeah. just like living with my best friend like moving out for the first time and living in a one bedroom flat with my best friend and what a great experience that was really um, so I grew up in like um, a single parent household with my mum um, I have like six aunties, all of my cousins, most of my cousins are female, um, 
I've always been surrounded by women and I think female relationships can be really, really important and very nurturing um, and a, often a safe space, I guess, as well. I often feel a lot safer around or, or, or talking about things with other women rather than men because I, I feel sometimes I get judged a lot by men and they tend to have a bit more of a dismissive attitude about certain issues, whereas women tend to really right the wrongs of the world. <laughs> I was wondering if there are any of your poems in the book that you want to read. That's you... fine, I can do one now. Uh, I'm going to do uh, the one that is kind of aptly named Ugh Men. Um, and again, it's not a male-hating poem, it's a celebration of female relationships. So this is a poem I wrote about starting a punk band with my housemates uh, and also my kind of uh, love for a band called Sleet Kinney, who are my favourite band ever, and I take a lot of inspiration from them. And again, they're kind of free women that came together through uh, mutual issues that they all had and kind of support each other as well as being a band, they all are friends and support each other. Lonely as a cloud. Wailing with our eyes pinched shut, swirling rum and ginger in plastic cups from Glastonbury's floor. Our clothes pick holes in themselves as we let the world pick holes in us. I remember this day because you had your hair cut and styled unyieldingly straight. You said you were sick of it long and made you feel like a child. We are women taking space up in the lounge, stamping dust out of the rug. We argue about who is Carrie and who is Corin. It doesn't even matter because we are as interchanging as the guitars on Dig Me Out. I always think of you as Corin though, because of that bug-eyed anxiety, and me as Carrie, theatrically stubborn. Amy is undoubtedly Janet. We are all too obsessed with filling other people's shoes, filling... Uh, fill, uh, we are all too obsessed with filling other people's shoes, carving our feet into the right shapes like Cinderella's sisters, desperate and pressured. What is it that we are trying to prove? We play without shoes now. Even in the studio where the floor is musky and smells like the hordes of boys playing the same mediocre riffs but still making something of themselves while we hover at the bottom of the bill and tick gender boxes with our ability to have breasts, play guitar and sing at the same time. I want to write a song. Ugh, men, I want to call it. But it's better, we all agree, to be cool and write our cryptic insults into the second verse. Let's write something as classic as modern girl. We no longer tolerate the use of our bodies as props, as triumphs, as things to be lost. You have made messes of our faces and names and still they are bestsellers. We will take up our pens, break free of our voice boxes and rewrite the curriculum without pretense, without control, without doubt. We will not censor ourselves. We will not censor ourselves. We will not censor ourselves. One day, they'll write vice pieces about how feminist we are and leave out the parts that make us people, only briefly mention that we never wear shoes. What would you say that that poem is about? I think the poem is about empowerment. So for, for, for the context of the poem, you know, me and my friends 
just decided we were going to start a punk band, um, played our first gig a month after I picked up a bass guitar. It was my boyfriend's bass guitar that he gave me and was like, go on, have a go. And I was like, okay. Um, um, and it was just kind of about empowerment and kind of being like, we could be those people on stage. We don't have to wait for permission. Uh, we don't have to wait until we're professional level at playing. We can just get up and do it now. We've got songs, we've got passion, um, you know, arguably more passion and, and more right than, than other bands do about things. Um, what was your band name called? Uh, so we were called Viva Zapata, which was um, in homage to Mia Zapata, who was the front woman of the Gits, who were a 90s kind of punk band. And she was uh, raped and murdered on her way home. And it was kind of like a big high-profile case. So our name was kind of in homage to Mia Zapata. Um, but we were actually called out about our name um, by uh, um, one of the people that runs Love, Love Sex, Hate, Sexism. Um, because they felt that we were um, uh, whitening Mia's history um, and like her Mexican roots and things like that. Um, and obviously the name Viva Zapata is more to do with the Zapatistas of, of, of Mexico. Um, so we like really took that on board. Unfortunately, we ended up splitting up before we decided to change the name. Um, but that, but the the poem is kind of about that empowerment and kind of the relationship, the new kind of relationships that you have when you start playing music together. Because it's I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it's, it's a different kind of bond. It's great and it's really really nice and it's just about being free. And even even if we were just playing in the lounge. It was still our space, and yeah. it was it was a nice space to be in. I really enjoyed it. One of the aims is to make a lot of noise, like yeah. not just making music. It's about it's about decibel levels. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, in terms of having a voice and taking a voice, it's you know being loud is like a really you know it's yeah. an important part. Yeah, it's, it's very freeing. Yeah. Um, you know, and also you you kind of the the vulnerability of being on a stage could be quite. Uh, hard sometimes especially when a lot of the audience is male that you're performing to but when you've got you know your your, your crew there with you on stage it, it's a much less scary experience because you're all sharing that vulnerability together and I think it knocks down a lot of walls for for women um, you know because we all became really really good friends after that and were able to share a lot more with each other because we were coming together artistically and sharing creatively and oh, it's really interesting yeah do you find that there's a big difference between how you behave on stage with a bass and how you behave on stage with your poems um maybe sometimes because i get a bit like uh, fumbly with the bass okay. and a bit like oh no um but the guitarist in the band zoe she never wanted to be in the center of the stage she um beautiful voice um, wrote a lot of the songs but she never wanted the limelight um, and uh, because I did like theatre school and things like that when I was younger and 
I did poetry before I started doing the band. I was very used to being on a stage, um, so I kind of took a centre stage quite a lot. Um, and I don't know, like, I th- it was just a different kind of presence, I think. When you're on stage and you're doing poetry, you are on your own, and it's just you and your words. Um, and at a punk gig, that's kind of can be quite daunting because there's a lot of people yelling over you. There's people at the bar. Like you have to be able to hold your own. Whereas when you're playing in a in a band, there's other people there, and it kind of just shares the load a little bit. And it's yeah. a lot less scary. I like that. We've done um, very loose women live shows uh, in a pub, and yes, I'm yeah. definitely the one who like steps back a little bit. <laughs> Even though I really love like being like I really love the limelight. When it actually gets to it, I'm like, mm, yeah. okay, maybe not. <laughs> for me Um, so in terms of the publishing press you work at the press Mm -hmm. and um, you're you're quite involved with the poetry um, poems that like the poetry that it publishes Um, so I'm quite fascinated by how this press functions and like um, how is it how it gets by I guess in in today's like digital culture as well Um, yeah and and whether or not it sort of unites poets around it is there a kind of community around it as well yeah so like like the punk scene, there is a, a big poetry scene, there's a big poetry community. London's got an amazing poetry community, it's really, really cool. Um, Burning Eye Books, which is the press that I work for, so it's just me and my boss Clive. We work from his box room in his house, it's very glamorous. <laughs> uh, we do everything digit- digitally, so we make all of the books uh, on InDesign and Photoshop and things like that. Um, um, and we have like an online store where we sell all of the books through the press, but we also, the, the main reason why we set it up is to give poets something to sell at their gigs. Um, so every poet that we, we publish, we strongly recommend and encourage them to bulk buy the books and sell them themselves. Um, and that tends to be the most effective way. Like, Burning Eye Books isn't a large enterprise. It's not like a big moneymaker. It barely scrapes by, but that's not what it's there for. It's there to support poets and, and to support their work and to put their work out there a little bit more. Um, so there's, like, a couple of... Uh, there's uh, one in London now called Outspoken, um, which is um, a really good press as well. And that kind of follows a, a similar model to, to Burning Eye Books, but we're situated in Bristol um, so we tend to get all of the non-London poets quite a lot of the time. And is there, um, in terms of poets who do spoken word, so on the stage, and poets who don't, do they mix? Is there, like, an overlap we, there? Yeah, so there's, like, this age-old, like, rivalry, I guess. I don't know if it really exists, though. It's just a thing that people suggest where it's, like, page poetry. Like, we have page poetry, which is, like, you know, your standard, like accessible poetry that everyone gets at school like Caroline Duffy and then there's like people like Holly McNish who were like very performance based poets um, and we like to think that we're somewhere in the middle I guess um, so we every poet that we do is a performance poet um, but it varies between people that write specifically for, for, for performance and people that write kind of page poetry that can be performed so I would describe my poetry as page poetry that I perform um, with the occasional like things in there that are meant for kind of performance only which is why let loose lucy isn't in the book because it's a performance piece um i should say for listeners there is some sound, sound testing going on, going on next to us so I'll, I'll wrap up quite quickly um so you've written for punk songs and then you've also written for a page and for a spoken word so what's the kind of how do, how does it differ as a writing process for you um so writing like writing poetry i find kind of easy i've been doing it for a long time and that's kind of fine i've tend to do more page poetry because I like kind of flowery language um, 
whereas um, like writing music, writing songs, I find really difficult. So I, I like I started off like a couple of like the earlier songs that we wrote were actually poems that we turned into songs. Um, because did it, that was did that work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the easiest way for me to do it. So it was like I'd had like a, a few like stanzas of poetry that I didn't really know what I was doing with. So we turned them into. Uh, <laughs> no, go on. It's fine. We turned them into um, to, to songs instead. Um, and I've done like some couple of ca- collaborations with other punk bands where they've asked me to write specifically spoken oh, word right. bits for their things. Um, but even then I still have to work with the band like yeah. and go through some rehearsals to get the timing right you know to like take stuff out if it doesn't really fit a lot That's of the so time cool. so, but yeah I mean it's, yeah. it's kind of uh, poetry and music kind of goes together really well but you, you kind of have to, to it takes time to like sculpt it and, and work, make it work really well yeah. so two final questions which poets do you like and where can we find their work and where can we find your work and listen to it or read it Okay, so uh, I would recommend... I've got, like, a long list of people that I would recommend. Um, so I recommend uh, Megan Beach. Um, she had a book come out a few years ago with Burning Eye um, called When I Grow Up, I Want to Be Mary Beard. Um, and she's got a new book coming out this year which is about feminism and mental health called You, you Sad Feminist. Um, Emily Harrison has a book out called I Can't Sleep Because My Bed's on Fire, which is uh, about her struggling with bipolar and being in and out of um, hospital a lot with that. Um, she's really great. She's also she's based in London. Um, and Sally Jenkinson, who gave me a quote for my book, um, she's another one of those kind of page poet for performance kind of kind of people. Um, she's got a couple of pamphlets out with Burning Eye as well, and she's probably my favourite poet ever. Cool. Okay, I'll keep remember that one. Yeah. And in terms of finding your work online, so you've got a WordPress. Yeah. So I've got. Uh, you can find me basically if you just type in Jen Hart. Yeah to everything I've got that's my email address that's my Twitter handle Facebook um, and yeah jenhartyear.wordpress.com um, jenhart.bigcartel you can get my book there for £7 um, or you can see me on tour uh, I'm going on tour next month with Effa Supertramp and Ren from Petrol Girls we're doing oh who has been on the show yeah yeah we're doing a, uh, a spoken word kind of acoustic tour um, they've got some zines that they've got coming out and I'm going to be promoting my book Cool. Um, and that's Jen with two ends. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The songs that you've heard on this episode are The Git Second Skin, Sleater Kinney Jumpers, Bikini Kill Rebel Girl, and Heavens to Betsy Complicated. will be touring this month look her up on her website or follow her on twitter jen hart yeah and follow verily swimming on twitter that's at vlw radio and you can also find our facebook group and obviously download our podcast www.acast.com forward slash verily swimming or just type in verily swimming on itunes and you can get this show and over a hundred past shows too that's all from me today thanks Rebel Girl!